0: What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony, Lori, and Mike. And we have a special episode today. So, what we have decided to do on the podcast is that for everyone's birthday, they get to choose a topic of whatever it is they want to talk about, and then the four of us will either watch the TV or the show or read the book or whatever the case is. And that's what we would discuss. So since Michael had the first birthday of the year, he picked Howard the Duck.
1: Let's go, baby. That's I'm right.
0: talking about the movie from 1980. Was it 86?
1: 86. 1986. Yes, ma'am.
0: So, yes, and as you can hear, Michael is very, very psyched to talk about this movie. (laughs) I wish
1: we were doing a video because y'all could see the big-ass smile I have on my face right now because I am ecstatic. I'm really, really happy about this, and I know that half of us are not, but I am here to change that. (laughs)
2: So, so I'm your I'm your wing woman on
0: this one because I freaking love this movie.
2: That's what I'm
1: talking about. Thank you, Lori. Thank you.
0: Okay, so I think Aunt and I are seeing eye to eye on this one. Am I correct? <laughs> okay, so, you,
3: you might you might be correct.
0: Okay, so let's get started with this, Michael. Why Howard the Duck?
1: Okay. Um. First of all, thank you for letting me do this because I could. I was thinking about doing Real Genius, and I think y'all are probably more, more, uh, more apt to like that one. That was a little, little, that was a little bit more, that was a little bit better movie than Howard the Duck. But Howard the Duck is my favorite movie for a couple of reasons. First, let me take you back to the summer of 1986. Michael was a that had just finished his freshman year at Woodland High School in East Point, Georgia. He'd been a nerd all his life since Star Wars came out. He follows, follows trends, he follows cartoons, anime, and he loves, he loves science fiction. And he gets teased for it. Of course, he's a nerd. He has really thick glasses. But every summer, he gets to go, to his, go see his father in Montclair, New Jersey. Montclair, New Jersey is a small town about 30 minutes outside of New York City now montclair has about forty thousand people and it has for the last 30 for about as long as i've been alive so there's a there's a spot in downtown montclair that's kind of like an alley but they had been there were old buildings and they rebuilt them rebuilt rebuilt them and repurposed them there were store, there were like little novelty stores there there was one called the cat's pajamas that was my favorite store that i went and bought stuff that i would that bought all kinds of nerdy stuff. Like I bought my first Fido Dido shirt. If you know about Fido Dido, if you're listening to this, I love you and you're awesome and we should meet. Um, And like all kinds of like really obscure nerdy stuff. And I used to go to that store all the time. But they also rebuilt a movie theater across from it. Now, the building that had the movie theater also had one of the, had a Jelly Belly store. Not a store that sold Jelly, not a store that just sold Jelly Bellies and all kinds of other stuff a jelly belly store that only sold jelly bellies, which was awesome because I used to go there and, and just get root beer, butter, popcorn ones. I'm weird, just leave me alone. But it was awesome, it was really cool. So I've seen um, The Karate Kid there. I've seen a couple of other movies there, but this, this summer, this particular summer of 1986, towards the end of my, to stay with my dad, I saw the car, I saw the commercials for Howard the Duck and I was like, I really want to go see it. And my dad was like, you want to go see that? I was like, yes, I want to go see it because there's something that really spoke to me about the movie. I, have, no, I, I really didn't know what it was, but it looked funny. It was cool and it was kind of cartoony. Plus, I was a fan of Sesame Street and it looked kind of like a Muppet. So I was like, all right, cool. And plus, I was a fan of Labyrinth and a lot of the other movies that had animatronic and put animatronic and people in costumes with like all kind of that working where they had people walking behind them working the eyes and things like that right this was the first this is one of the first movies that had one at such a small scale that was really articulated and i'll get back to that in a minute so i wanted to go see it i was like okay he was like fine let's go see it my dad loves me shout out to stephen collins i love you dad um so we went to go see the movie I'm sitting there laughing my ass off. This is like I'm in heaven. This is literally. I'm like, oh my god, this movie is great. My dad is sitting there, dumbfounded. Like, what the fuck? I,
0: I feel your dad on that, on that expression. I
1: literally, feel literally, his. Pain. Literally, he had
3: one I old feel ball. it.
1: So, I, but I love the movie. I would have gone to see it again if my dad went to give me to give me a look like, what is wrong with you, son? But I looked and I was like, that was great. He was like, you like that? I was like, yes, I like that. And that's the moment that I knew that I was, that this is one of the confirming moments in my nerd, in my nerddom, is that this movie, Howard the Duck, while most people don't like it, is one of my top five movies of all time. Not because, not not because, now, not because of the good writing because it doesn't have good writing. Not because of the good acting because there's no good, hardly any good acting in it. Not because of the good effects because the effects were 19, were mid-80s effects. So it's like whatever. It just really affected me because I mean he was, to pardon the pun, to duck out of water and I could kind of relate to that. And I was like okay. Like you know he was out and he was, he was noble, he was, he was a hero And also, let's get to the real reason why I chose Howard the Duck. The real reason I chose Howard the Duck is because Howard the Duck waddled, so Iron Man could fly, and so the the Marvel Cinematic Universe could actually exist. If there was no Howard the Duck, there would be no Marvel Cinematic Universe. How did I stand by that? This is the. This is the hill I will die on. I promise you. This is why I picked this movie because we're in the middle of WandaVision and all this other stuff that is built up because of the MCU. There would be no MCU without Howard the Duck. And Michael has. Michael has
3: notes. He has notes.
1: I have notes.
3: He has so, notes.
1: Okay, okay I'm, You know what? I'm going to start with in the beginning. Okay, let's start with the beginning of the movie. The so beginning of the movie. Howard walks in it's like they pan around and they show all the really cool y'all have to admit they're really creative with the movie posters and everything else that they put up at the beginning of the movie that had ducks instead of people in the as the characters i that will was,
0: give them
1: that that was really creative so he sits there he flips around the tv and all the shows have ducks in there they're really cool i mean the soap opera was funny as all get out it's like the guy was like i love you and the other duck was like uh he's dead and it's like it was a soap. It was a duck soap opera. How can you not love that? So then he turns the TV off. He picks up a, a an issue of Playgirl. Okay, another fact. This movie was rated PG. There are ten to twelve moments in this movie where I'm like PG. Yeah.
3: Yes. I have, I have
0: questions
1: about that. And just this, this, and this, in this first one, like when he unfolds the centerfold and there's a naked duck in the middle of the centerfold, I'm like, this is a PG movie? <laughs> like, what the hell? It's cool. So then, then Howard gets sucked out in the vortex through, and, and he passes another naked duck in a tub after he crashes over uh, an old couple in the bed. Then he and crashes.
0: was she masturbating in the tub? No, she was, singing. She was just singing. No, what? no. no. She was doing something. Thank, okay, thank you, Laurie, because I looked at that like, and she, anyway. I was like, I don't even know if I want to visualize.
1: So she cra- So he crashes through, he crashes through the, through the walls, and he goes up into space, and he's going through the vortex and flying through space. Then you hear a voiceover that says, <clears throat> the cosmos, countless worlds upon worlds worlds without end. In these galaxies, every possible reality exists. And what is reality on any one world is mere fantasy on all others. Here, all is real and all is illusion. What is, what was, and what will be start here with the words, in the beginning, there was Howard the Duck and the movie starts.
0: I may and have to post this video just because I want people to see how
1: serious you were just that I'm dead serious about you. I'm I'm smiling. I'm having a great time but my argument is, like I'm dead serious about this argument. So, we go through the movie and little okay, bit. First of all, and I'm for let's go back to where I said this movie this movie ran where this movie sets up the whole the mcu is nothing without this movie before this movie i looked it up the only the only marvel movie that existed was not even a movie it was a captain america 15 part serial if you don't know what a serial is a serial is when back in the 40s and early 30s 40s and 50s they had these they, that when you go to the movies they had these 15 to 20 minute get-minute skit, skits where. It's like the Lone Ranger was one, the Shadow was one, Zora was one, where you would see, where they they would show, like, the hero doing things, and then right at the end, it would cut you off and be like, will he do this? It, it basically was, I mean, this is where the term cliffhanger came from, because there were cowboy ones where they were riding stagecoach and they were getting ready to go off a cliff, but they would, then they would say, will he survive this? Come back next week. That's the way, That's where the term cliffhanger came from. So, he, this was a serial where this Captain America was a 15-part serial in 1944. After that, Howard the Duck was the first Marvel film in 1986. Very first. I was shocked because I thought there was a Spider-Man or Captain America movie in there, but those were TV movies. Those don't count. This is a cinematic movie. This is the first one. After that was Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher. After that, there was a straight-to-video Captain America movie, which didn't count. Mm-hmm. After this was the 1940, 1994 Fantastic Four, then Blade in 1998, right. then X-Men in 2000. Mm-hmm. Howard the Duck was the very first, it was, it was basically, it was me because I, it was the oldest child of the MCU universe. It was the experimental oldest child, just like me, because I'm the oldest and I have two sisters and everybody did, and I feel like I'm the one that they let do all kinds of other stuff to learn what not to do with their next child. And I take <laughs> that and I claim it and I own it. So, <laughs> so this is the movie Howard the Duck was the first Marvel movie, which actually, for its time, it had a lot, it was really expensive and it had a lot of special effects that were kind of that were that were really not done before like in one of the more awkward scenes where leah thompson who does a great job in this movie by the way i don't care what anybody says when they were in bed together and she was like flirting back with him and he didn't know what to do and his feathers flew feathers good up on his head that i mean i i, I think that's one of the that, that was one of the cooler um cooler effects things that i've seen that i hadn't seen that that I really hadn't seen in a movie so um, where else? See, where was I? Um, okay. So, in in all this, that I mean, should I start really go through the whole movie? Yes, I should. Okay. So.
3: <laughs> hold on, hold on. Oh, hold let on, me, Michael. Me, yeah, hold on, me, hold me, on, hold me, on, let let on Michael. Get, get yeah, okay, catch your breath. Catch your breath. Yeah.
2: Let me let so. me let hey. me hear, let me interject a few salient. Cute, see things while he's getting his notes together. Leah Thompson uh, got this movie as a reward for being in Back to the Future. And her look that she has right now was based upon a combination of Desperately Seeking Susan slash Madonna. And she purposely went to uh, thrift stores to get the look ready for the film. The other thing is that years later, She said that because it took them literally two hours to do her hair, she wished that she would have worn a wig because it basically fried her hair. The other thing that was interesting is this has a Thomas Dolby soundtrack.
0: Yes, I was getting Famous
2: famous for doing sci-fi soundtracks. And basically, it was what defined the era. If you see any of these movies uh, in the 80s, it's the montages. The, the, the sequences, it's all Thomas Dolby stuff. So, yeah, this movie also, of course, is a George Lucas joint and George Lucas had recently quit being friends in a Lucas film to focus on other things because of the success of all the other movies, hence Howard the Duck. Michael.
1: Okay, so yes, the, and also, also all the only with the original songs in here that they sang as the group, with Holly Robinson Pete, by the way, mm-hmm. shout out to Holly Robinson Pete who and who, who was awesome, and Leah Seagal. A sister of Katie Seagal for Married with Children. Children. Um, and all and the songs that they sang were original songs and they're awesome songs. Like I literally was flashing back to sitting in the movie theater when I heard those songs, heard them singing those songs. It was awesome. So also, I'm point I want to point out that when they say, when they're when when he gives the speech that I just gave, that I just so eloquently recited. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at this speech, and I, and if there there are moments in here where I'm seeing quantum, seeing quantum things. I'm seeing I'm seeing multi multi multiverses, and everything that that we've been talking about with one and everything else has been talked about right here, which is a, which is go which goes back to the point of me saying that this is the DNA and the the keystone for the Marvel semantic universe. So. Howard, Howard falls down. He gets beat up and tossed around. Leah, Leah Thompson's group sings a, sings a great song. She walks out and she gets harassed by two guys. And Howard comes. Howard initially doesn't want to, but then he comes to her rescue and executes flawless quack food and beats their ass. And it was awesome. And Leah Thompson almost just was getting ready to leave him there in the rain and, and not take him home. And then she kind of was like, "Okay, fine, go ahead. Fine, come on." ensuing an incredible some of the some of the stuff in here. Me being a sarcastic person, I love some of the dialogue between Leah Thompson and and Howard. Howard coincidentally was um he he was the pe- person. There were there were like three or four people inside the suit for the whole thing, and eight or nine puppeteers working the eyes, the mouth, and the feathers, which is which is really forward for 1986 um so they go they go home then she did the, the next scene is kind of problematic because she has howard in a in a plastic bag to go see wonderful ah, ah, in ah, the ah, cab. Ah, and i'm michael, like hold on michael
2: michael what? let's not forget the duck condom
1: oh my god okay i, I gotta go back to the wallet
0: and yeah, you but, you skipped a little bit <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm i'm really excited you're gonna y'all, i'm glad y'all are here to ring me in it's fine so yes he'll like like he they're over there talking and he falls asleep his wallet falls out and she picks it up and there's a picture of howard in the middle with with two other ducks there's money with ducks on it and then there's a then there's the condom that's not in the wrapper that's in his wallet
3: and not mind you not in a wrapper. Not in Not a wrapper. <laughs> and and, and she from, literally
0: and picks this thing up out the wallet, and it's about the size of the tip of her finger.
1: Yeah.
0: And she's yeah. like, oh Howard, and she like, puts it back in the
1: wallet. Yeah. And she, she puts yeah. it back in the wallet. Yes, and she puts it back in the wallet. So Ew. And she tucks him in. I mean, <laughs> okay, at least at least he was practicing safe sex because. Because this is a thing that was drilled into us at in high school. You have to remember that. You can't have you can't have teens going to go out here thinking that ducks are just having random sex with humans. I mean, that's just wrong and irresponsible. Fast forward <laughs> to the next day. So, I wish I so could see the look has, on my
0: face right now. <laughs>
1: so, so fast forward to the next day where she where she's taking him to see one of her friends that works in a science museum, who she thinks is a doctor. Which is kind of a plot point. I was like, "Wait, you didn't?" Okay, but we'll get to that.
3: The incredible, so
1: Tim... the incredible Tim Robbins, the incredible, indomitable Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. Before before Bill Durham. This is awesome, and, the, and this is so, so. So they go to see him, and she has him in a, bag, in a in a trash bag, in the in a taxi cab, and he's talking. And the cat, cab driver looks back and is like, "Huh? Oh, that's weird," and keeps driving. I'm like, "I don't know about all that." I probably would be like, okay, y'all yeah, gotta go. But anyway, so they get out and Tim Robbins freaks out and he's like trying, he's trying to figure out everything where he's coming from. He's throwing out really bad theories. Then they go walking in the museum, and this is one of my favorite parts of the movie where they look up and they see man descending from chips and the whole lit up thing. Then he says, now imagine for a duck, and it changes to a duck. We were morphing into Howard right there, and I'm like, "How would they do that?" It's like, that was, that was my first experience with movie magic, and it was awesome. <laughs> then we find out that Tim Robbins' character is not a is a janitor and he's not a scientist. Oh, he's so a he, lab
3: assistant. He's a lab
1: assistant, yeah. Okay, yeah, Howard called him a janitor, but he's really a lab assistant. He corrected him and told him that he was a lab assistant. So so Leah, so Beverly and Beverly and Howard leave. They get into a fight. Howard says, "Go away," and she says, "Goodbye, Ducky." And it was just so drama-filled, and I felt for him. You had to feel the tension and the sadness that she had saying goodbye to him at that point, because she really didn't want to. Then we go to Howard going to the unemployment office, and the the black woman. Looking at him like, yeah, whatever. I know, whatever. You a duck or whatever. I'm gonna find you a job. You ain't gonna be on the on the public dole. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I could definitely see this happening. Like 100%. Like said, you they send me all the weirdos and people who trying to stay on the company dole, on on the county dole. But I'm not gonna let this happen. So she gives him a job in a in a sauna.
3: That <laughs> was not that, a sauna. That was not a sauna.
0: Not a sauna.
1: I'm, I'm I'm trying to be polite, but no, yeah, this, this, no. If you're
0: gonna tell the story, good. you got to tell it all. That was not and, a sauna. And, that and was a, you, It was very much a house of dish, <laughs> it's
3: house disreputable of re, disreputable reputation. Yes. H- however. Yeah. Mind you, this movie is PG thirteen. No, 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 it was no PG. it's PG. I
1: mean, we're it's not PG thirteen. Mind
3: you, it was PG, and I'm sitting here like, wow.
0: <laughs> now we're gonna. <laughs> it has nothing like- to do with the movie at all. <laughs> Before Mike continues on, so let's let let's just put a little bit more background on it. So, I realized when I started watching it today, I thought that I had seen this movie like years and years and years and years ago. Back in '86, I would have been like 11. When I got to watching the movie, I realized, oh no, I've never seen this movie in it, it's in its entirety. Probably because I wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> you know, it was just one of those movies. When I watched it today, I was just like,
3: okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and, and I'm I'm like Hunter. Mike,
0: like, Mike is lucky that we have 30 years plus of friendship behind <laughs> us. <laughs> Because you are... Only because of my love for you did I sit through this movie
3: today. And and, and I'm like Hanako. I I realized, I realized that I had only seen clips and partial scenes of this Mm -hmm. movie.
1: There's a lot of
3: this movie. I I have never seen this movie from beginning to end. Clearly, I was not really prepared because (laughs) my daughter, who's 12 came in i was like oh you know and that for some reason i said you know what maybe maybe not because i remember there were some things about this movie that she probably don't need to doesn't need to see And my wife was like yeah no um no because I, I, this is one of my wife's favorite movies she's like michael she's like, it's like great taste, great- she's me. like it's yeah, a yeah. great movie i love this like one of her favorite movies i'm like okay well you we'll, know, me and
0: we'll, Michelle we'll going to have to have a talk. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. He has great taste.
3: Huh? Um, but, you know, before Michael continues, I want to say this. I, I I think everything that Michael says about the movie is valid because it is a movie where it's about someone who's different. And, and it's really about accepting someone who's different and someone who's different finding their place in the world. I was like, okay, I... As long as I take it from that perspective, I, I'm okay with it. But, you know, George Lucas, Industrial Light and Magic, Adobe Sound, all, all that stuff. It's, it's as if George Lucas said, hey, I got all these great properties, these great things that, that I have. Let's see what, what we can do, <laughs> <laughs> movie-wise. And someone else said, hey, let's see what we can get away with. Some naked ducks with breasts and nipples <laughs> and and dare, they the movie people dare the um what do they call the uh sensors the, the sensors the motion picture associate let's see what kind of, let's challenge them on this rating so it's like we're gonna push the a uh, push the limits on what is acceptable <laughs> for a pg movie and you know I, I was. They definitely
0: I was, did. I was
3: blown away. And before Michael continues, because I know he wants to, because I can see it, he's he's bursting at the seams. <laughs> really am. The
1: uh,
3: the the one saving grace mm-hmm. is I'm all about snarky characters, and Howard the Duck is as snarky as, as you can come. get. Yes, really yes. I agree with that. He is as snarky as it gets.
1: He's sarcastic and quick witted. Yes. His there's his no side
3: his side comments, his cutting people off of the knees literally is just is, is
1: <laughs> classic. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs>
3: it's classic. However, however, <laughs> there's a lot of things wrong.
1: I, must, I hey listen, I never I said I liked the movie. I never said it was a perfect movie. I never said that. There are plenty of things wrong, which I will get into. So Howard finds a job at the at, at the spa oh, putting air quotes up for everybody that doesn't air know. quotes. <laughs> and he finds it's not to his liking and he quits. So he goes to he goes, he finds his way back to the well before this. No, before this, he he walks in front of an electronic store and they're talking about it being duck season. And he sees this whole montage of Everything that people have, Earthlings have done to ducks. They see Daffy Duck getting hit by a boulder. They, they see people shooting ducks. They see all kinds of things happening, being shot and duckaroni. Where I and for the record, I've never seen a box of duckaroni. I've never seen a life. box. Of, I've
0: never seen a box of duckaroni, and hope I never see a box. Of and duck-a-roni. Laura, you're,
1: you're in San Francisco. Have you ever seen a box of duckaroni?
0: No, I have not. Okay.
1: All right. So he sees this and he freaks out and he runs around the corner and he ends up, ironically enough, right back where he landed on Earth. So he's right back in front of the club and Cherry Bomb's playing. He walks in and he listens to her sing. And props to Leah Thompson. If she didn't have anyone singing for her, she has a really good she has a pretty good voice for singing 80s pop. That was she had a really good voice for it. Mm-hmm. I I really appreciated all the music. I've been I've been a, a huge Thomas Dolby fan for a while, and I loved all the all the all the original songs in here were really good to me. So then Thomas then Howard overhears her manager getting the money that was supposed to be going to the group, and he says, "Yeah, yeah the group might get it if if she gets if she gives me." If she gives me some what I want, or he's like he wants her to really start dating her. So to well, not dating. Oh he come to on, no, no, want to it.
2: no, it's called
0: putting out. Yes.
1: He wanted he a booty want, out,
0: it. That's what it right. was.
1: So Howard goes up and and plays <laughs> Tough Duck with him and his two friends, <laughs> and it's it's like it's basically a duck version of Roadhouse or for the, <laughs> where where he where they get towered, they put him, they run him the length of the bar to the floor. Howard gets up, walks on the bar, proceeds to kick their ass with quackfu again. And he gets the money from with, with, with very artful use of ice picks, by the way. He, he, gets, he gets the money from their manager, fires him, and then goes, then goes into the back, where everybody's like really shocked to see them. And the line of the movie from Mr. Gall is like, yo, how weird. Is like the best one of the best lines in the movie to me. I, I love that line, and he goes. They apologize. He gives them their money, and of course, Tim Robbins walks in, and he does the stupid. Oh, back to back to where he first goes in there. He starts talking like Donald Duck, and Howard rolls his eyes and almost and almost punches him in the face.
0: That was, that was so.
1: Good. That was, <laughs> was so like,
0: uncomfortable.
1: I was like, "What are you doing?" It, I mean, it's basically like someone walks to us, and be like, "Yo, oh boy, what's up, man? Yo, you know what I'm saying?" I was like, "Oh man, that's just bad."
0: It was so, just as uncomfortable. Yes, it was.
1: It really was. So he, so Tim Robbins' character goes on and tries and rouses off some more theories, and he says, "I'm gonna find out where you where you came from." Da 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 da. So he's like, "Whatever." And they walk once as they're walking out, he he gets a phone call and goes out. So, as they're getting ready to leave, he comes back and says, I figured it out. I know someone who knows where you are. I just need to. He pulls out some really big tweezers and takes feathers off his ass. He plucks, plucks feathers off of him. And I'm like,
0: without oh, consent, a,
1: let's say, without consent. <laughs> without consent. That's such a violation. I was like, that's messed up then comes one of the more uncomfortable scenes in the movie i'll admit this scene coming up was pretty uncomfortable to me i was like i was good at first i was like oh wow this is bad as a kid i don't even remember how i reacted to it when i was 15 years old but now i'm just like this is really bad so Howard goes in and, and he actually starts playing the keyboard cause he used to be in a band and he's like playing and she's like, oh, that's pretty good. So then they start talking, Howard and Le- Leah Thompson takes off her bathrobe and crawls into the bed in panties and a camisole. And he's like, he, he was talking about you know wanting to go back home. He's like, although I found, a ver- I found a new appreciation for humans. And he's looking at her ass and she's like, Howard, you're the worst. And it's like, oh Jesus! And I'm like, is she flirting back with him? Like he didn't say humans. Minute. He
0: specifically said he found the female a dish for the female body okay. uh, yeah. for the female. Yes, for the female uh, shape or something like that.
1: So then she then she invites him in bed to watch TV, but she never turns the TV on. They just continue talking. He continues flirting, and then she's like, "Okay, let's do it." And he's like, "What?" And it was. <coughs> and she like starts coming on really heavy and she and this is the moment where she like rub, she like puts her hand runs her hand along his bill and his feathers stand straight up which is i'm like pg pg like and, then, and then i had to remember this is probably before they even had pg-13 movies although they no, i take it back they did have pg-13 movies they, just they had did to this movie pg i have, still have no idea why after watching Watching the first third of it, I'm like, "This is a PG-13 movie." If I've ever there seen is one.
0: no way in hell that movie should have been rated PG. <laughs> just just I, the I, fact that, that they had not, they had a series
2: of gratuitous ass shots. I mean, she was practically naked, literally.
1: Yeah, I
2: mean, it was it was so disturbing.
1: And she didn't really have an ass. So I'm like, this took a lot. Like, why are y'all doing this? <laughs> so she then she's like, "I'm just kidding." Then she kisses him, kisses him goodnight, and. And then they come. Then here comes here comes Tim Robbins and his two scientist friends, one of whom is uh, Jeffrey Jones. And while I love Jeffrey Jones, I once been uh, I almost been not much time on him just because he's a creep. But at any anyway, at any rate, he was at, actually 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 kind of liked his character in this movie. This was before they found out that he was a he was a child predator. But I digress. So <laughs> so we go on. And he says, "I figured out. I know how you got here." And he tells them the whole story about the laser array that they built, and then they turned it on, and it turned it on. It actually, it actually started go moving on its own towards Howard's planet, and it took him. But it also they're, they're thinking it they might have brought something else back. So they take it takes Harold takes Howard out from his planet, and it leaves a feather in the observatory. And Howard ended up landing five miles away from the observatory. So they're like, So I was like, I can go back. And they're like, Yeah, we're planning on doing this. And they're going there tonight. He's like, All right, cool, let's go. So he's, so she's like, So um, Beverly's like, Howard, you can go back. She looks at him. Then she does the dramatic look away, like, I really don't want you to go and walks away. And so She's, they're like well okay I guess we could his assistant to give him give his assistant credit he was like I don't think this is a good idea and we should and this is the one character in the movie where you should have listened to him this is the one that one character where they say I don't think this is a good idea and you go do it anyway and people get killed or possessed by inner inner intergalactic demons but I digress so they end up going then he ends up packing his bag she gets Polaroids for him that they apparently took at the, where where at where they were singing. Although I didn't, I don't remember that part. I digress again. And she's like, I'm gonna miss you Ducky. And he's like, and then he go then he does the Casablanca speech where he says out of all the planets I could have landed on, why would I have to land on this one? And I'm finding it hard to leave you. And I'm like, okay, she's still a duck and she's still a human. This is still really that. Uh, okay, let's go on with the movie. Okay, so at any rate, so they're they're driving driving to the driving to the observatory. As soon as they get there, alarms are going off. Because apparently Jeffrey Jones's character starts it up again, and the laser array explodes, and the professor is nowhere to be found. So the some of the cops get called and poor Howard gets a and they're like, look and the detective, who's kind of a moron, like arrests, that kind of puts Howard, trying to figure out what's going on. So he, he secludes Howard and Howard, and it just gets really messy from there. So I need to take a breath. Someone else talk.
3: Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, before, but why are you taking the breath? Why you? Why you, again, gather yourself and <laughs> get to those together? The 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 other thing, um the my my history of knowing some of the stuff about Howard the Duck, like with George Lucas's involvement. If anyone knows anything about George Lucas, you know, you know, this is kind of personal. He went through a pretty terrible divorce um around that time where he pretty much I think if I'm not mistaken, he lost a lot of things.
1: Okay.
3: But he had also just built Skywalker Ranch, which <laughs> around that time, which, you know, he was kind of hoping that this movie would, like, be a real big hit to help him out, and it didn't. And one of the things that came out of it was needing some cash. Well, the thing, if you remember Star Wars, George Lucas created industrial-like magic because there wasn't any special effects studio that could do the things that he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, you know, he also had a lot of CGI and he had to create another studio to do the CGI. Well, he ended up selling that studio to his buddy, Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs bought it like for a ridiculous amount of money, which was more even at the time, which was, I don't know that I don't have the number. It was more than what it was worth. And that ended up becoming Pixar Animation. So that was one really good thing that came out of that movie. Yeah. Okay, so this,
1: this movie birthed the MCU and Pixar. This and is Pixar. <laughs> reason why this, yeah. is a, this is one of the best movies ever. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate it. Pixar,
3: Pixar was born out of the failure of Howard the Duck. You know? It's
1: all That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, so so going back, I'm going to I'm gonna speed through most of this because it kind of, you kind of have to get to the more prescient points of the movie. So... Howard gets arrested. They escape. Then they find the professor who is acting weird, like something is like his something's wrong with him in his head. So they take him and escape. So while they're escaping, he's driving. I don't know why he's driving it. He's the one that's acting like he's possessed. But he, he's driving in a pretty sweet Jeep wagon, Grand Waggon here, by the way. That that Jeep, that Jeep was pretty awesome. But I digress. So. So, so they're driving. He's like moving. He's losing his mind. He's losing his control control of himself. And they're driving all over.
3: Oh, wait, 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 wait. I just want to say you brought up the Jeep. That shows you how awesome those Jeeps were at that time because that thing went through some abuse. I
1: mean, old, <laughs> old, went through old, old some old medium, abuse. Yes. So they end, they end up stopping a quarter of an inch from a window in a Cajun sushi restaurant. Okay, so. After a gangster, so let
0: me say, as a half Japanese person, I was really, really offended by that restaurant. Like, there are certain things you just should not put together. Understood. And
1: all that.
0: No, that was so. Oh, and they're walking around with the headbands. With the it was.
3: Cajun sushi. I almost fell off the sofa when I saw that Cajun sushi. I was like, "Wow!"
0: you know, Lori asked me before before you guys signed in, um, she asked me, she said, I'm just curious, did your daughter watch this with you? And I was like, no. (laughs) Like, I would not have wanted to know what her opinion was on this movie, but especially when she saw Cajun sushi, no, that would have been just
2: it no. Uh-uh. Yeah. Oh, I was so anticipating because I know you guys watch stuff together. <laughs> yeah, oh,
1: awesome. uh, but um okay, so they go in. He's he's fully possessed by one of the one of the people from hold on a second. Um I know I wrote that, I know I wrote this down. From Starkle? yes, from the dark overlord he's but the dark overlord is finally taking him over and he's acting weird and this and they're they're sitting down and they order three specials and three beers and he's saying everything is going we're trying to take over everything everything is going to be and he's he's going off and, the, and something
3: he's, is growing inside me it's me. growing inside the, inside the nexus
1: <laughs> of somanus and can get all the, all the all the other dark overlords down so then the waitress brings him three specials and one in, and it has eggs in it, and Howard freaks the fuck out. And I, <laughs> I, I I literally forgot about that part and I busted out laughing. He was like that,
3: that was like the funniest thing. I I, I actually I laughed at all. I'm not the cannibal.
1: <laughs> so then it's like so so the Dark Overlord shows him the code key that was going that's gonna do all this. And Howard grabs a code key and tries to leave. And he grabs a code key. Then three, then three of three locals come up and they start talking, they start talking smack. And power gets in a fight with them, and they take him and they get ready to make Cajun duck sushi out of him. And I'm I'm with you, Hanako. The 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 the, the chef the chef was one of the best, it was a really bad um caricature of Asian. I was like this is so cringy. That
0: whole scene, just them taking bad. a live, walking, talking duck and putting him on the table and throwing seasonings on him like they're about to. Get, that whole scene was just so disturbing on so many levels.
1: Seasoning was, him, like like, 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 like doing like, like, like sprinkling doing herbs on him and then throwing putting a stick of celery in his mouth. Then the dark overlord takes full takes full control and like, Beverly says, "says you have to save Howard, and he has Mr. Code Key, and he's like, oh, and he goes completely bonkers and destroys the whole diner. And there were so to,
0: many things wrong with that diner scene.
1: Just... The diner scene was, was problematic. I, I'll give you that. It, it really was. So he tries to escape, and he says, give me the Code Key, Howard, and they end up fighting very quickly. No, okay, I gotta go back, because the guy he sees the guy with the hatchet and he takes control of the hatchet and he spins the hatchet around and he brings the hatchet down and cut and cuts the cuts the ropes cutting binding howard's feet and almost cuts his little duck balls off and she says are you all right and he says yes and i remember as a 15 as a young impressionable 15 year old laughing my ass off at that at that scene which is probably when my dad first started being concerned about my mental well-being I digress. <laughs> um, so after after he beats up Howard and takes takes, takes him her, takes her hostage and goes back, gets, prepares to go back to the lab. Um they the police come and Howard somehow gets out and they have Tim Robbins in the back of a police car. And he's he's saying he and Howard's calling out to him, like murmuring to him, and he looks over and there's a playground, and Howard is standing still, acting like one of those rideable Writable duck things that goes back. It's on the spring that goes back and forth. And I was like, okay, that's pretty clever. So Howard breaks him out, and in the, in the interim, the Dark Overlord goes to a nuclear plant and gets recharged. And so now Howard and Tim Robbins get on a plane, get on like a little kind of it's like glider, ultralight, an ultralight, an ultralight. And, and- and they leave leave the police on this chase, which is just it's, it's really like you're like really like y'all y'all can't catch him like those things can't go that fast. So they were so they lead him on on a lead them on this wild chase, a wild
3: duck chase,
1: a wild duck chase. Yes, and in the interim, he flies where he flies into a pod of duck hunters and makes all of them jump in the water. He's like he's like
0: revenge. You're like ah.
1: And he's like he's like yelling and, ma- and making them jump all over the place and it
2: was classic it, Dukes of hazards with the cars going in the 80s and the sirens it was like I was like this is what a quintessential 80s movie car chase should be
1: exactly it was awesome
2: it was awesome
3: so but it was not <laughs> the French connection it the French <laughs>
1: <thing>. <laughs> what is? this is honestly what is okay so they get so um, the dark Overlord beats them back and And he starts to start, he gets her and he tells her that, well, that they need a body. So I'm going to use you. So he ties her up underneath the laser and gets ready to start it up. And the computer is talking to him. And I didn't realize this at the time because I was a young, impressionable 15-year-old boy. But the computer was really, this is the most conversational computer ever. Because it was just literally talk to him. Like, it wasn't like set Phrases. He was literally like, "Are you sure you want to do this, doctor?" Okay, doctor. And, the, and it was like, like, wow, that's really cool. But yeah, it, was it was like was really AI before AI. <laughs> you
3: know,
0: it was it was it was Kit.
1: It was kind of <laughs> Kit-like, yeah. So so he start he starts that. Then they then Howard gets this really gets this really powerful laser, and 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 he's going to fight him. And he they put it on the scooter, and and then. They couldn't figure out how to get screwed. Like fasten the seatbelt, fasten the seatbelt. What do you mean fasten? It's like the classic kind of slapstick thing. He fastens the seatbelt and it goes whoop, backwards. So then he he turns it around. He gets control of it, and it's the classic the the Dark Overlord shoots and Howard shoots. It was, it was like a classic spaghetti western standoff because the Dark Overlord gets there. He whips back his tattered tattered lab coat, and Howard. Stands up. He turns, hits the button, and he's like, "Are you ready?" And it, it, it was the one of the best. It was it was a classic Western standoff. So then Howard hits the button. The Dark Overlord shoots, and Howard's laser overpowers him and shoots him back. He's like, "Ah, oh, it worked. Then the the meanwhile the countdown's still going. So there's like a minute left until the Dark Overlords come down and take over her body. So so they go down. And she he, t- he untied they take untie her then the professor comes back and he's like, oh, he's gone. I don't know where he went, but he's gone. They're like, did we win? But then the dark overlord is outside his body now. And the dark overlord reminded me of God. What movie was that? It was it was, it was really bad CGI. I'll give you that. But it, it reminded me of a certain movie. It reminded me of. Go ahead. It
2: was Ghostbusters.
1: It was kind. It was kind of ghost. It was kind of it, it, remind, it was a movie. It remind me of explorers. Y'all remember the movie Explorers? Oh
2: had, yeah, that had, um, that's right.
1: And all those ghosts yeah. and the alien. The aliens took yeah, them. Yeah, and mm, their parents came. Uh, uh, uh-huh. That's what those aliens reminded me of.
2: Right. You know, yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. That's kind of cool. So then, so Howard fights fights that alien off. Then, of course, right in the last second, they blow up. They blow up the blow up the laser and shoot the, shoot the Dark Overlords back into space. And Howard saves the day, and it's perfect. So then, after this, the, cher- the Cherry Bomb has a concert with their new manager. So they're singing the, the classic Thomas Dolby hit, Howard the Duck, yep. and it's awesome. And all, all of a sudden, Howard's standing on something, and Tim Robbins' character says, can you undo that, light, that, that rope for me? He's like, okay, So like, not that rope. Then he goes up in the air, Across and down on the stage, then he's like, "Wait!" he's like, "I can't believe we did it." And he turns around, and the crowd's going crazy. He's like, "What are you? Wait! Oh shit!" Then Tim Robbins' character brings him a small guitar, which was obviously meant for him. And he was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Rock and roll!" So then they have a guitar. Him and Leah Thompson have a guitar duel on stage, which is freaking awesome. I don't walk. And then they were they were doing like they did all kinds of stuff on there, and it's just the. was just the perfect ending to the movie and i i was i was a little misty afterwards i was like "Ah, that was my childhood that was perfect so i love this movie i i love i think i think the casting was was pretty good uh there was a young david pamer in this movie who was in, in this movie for all of two minutes um i got to give props to Willard Hike, who was courageous enough to take on this movie and do the best he could with it. And I also have to give a shout out to Mr. Steve Gerber. Steve Gerber is the man who wrote the first Howard the Duck comic book. Now, Howard the Duck was, as a comic book, was really kind of an anti-comic book. He started as kind of an a supporting character for Man-Thing. He didn't have and People loved him so much, like they really didn't think that much of him, so they took him off. But once they took Howard out of the Man Thing comic book, they got so many letters saying, "Oh my God, why'd y'all take Howard out? Howard was great." They ended up giving him his own standalone book. So Steve Gerber wrote it, and it was really more of a satire from satire from modern modern life. I mean, he was he was basically an he he was against like all kinds of, anything corporate. He was against. He really railed he, he was it like
3: in. Dead Deadpool before Deadpool, mm-hmm. right?
1: It, yeah kind of but he was he more he more spoke about spoke out about like how how comic companies were treating their writers and their illustrators like he was really speaking out about that and he went like marvel gave him so much gave him such a hard time because of everything that he read like he was they fired him then rehired him for something then they fired him because they had to keep bringing him back because howard the duck was such a great character that everybody raised hell when they stopped the comic set stopped the comic mm. so they had had to keep bringing it back and bringing it back um they did bring back like a a more recent run in the last five or six years of which i have like 10 to 12 copies of it and it and like it's actually a it's, it's a good read and in one of the first few they introduced Gwenpool, who is a female version of deadpool which is and, and Gwynpool's fucking awesome as shit. I love Gwynpool. Mm-hmm. So
2: and Steve yeah. Gerber passed away about what was it, about 10 years ago he passed away? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And Marvel Comics did a really awesome thing. Uh I forget which comic it was, but they did one of the few uh full uh cover uh birth, death with his name, and they had a little background and they had an imprint of Howard the Duck and the faded in the background It had Steve Gerber. Uh, we miss you. Thank you for all you've done. And Marvel doesn't really do that a whole lot when creators die, right. but they did it for Steve Gerber. They also settled out of court with his girlfriend because he had sued them because they, he didn't get the gratuities uh, that he was supposed to get the residuals. But they were able to, with Stanley's help, get his girlfriend and his family uh, a fairly significant amount of money. Not the full amount of money, because he should have gotten at least, I think they said something off of the back end of the movie. But he got enough. They got enough money where they were able to bury him. They were able to juice a couple of nice things. And people, when you mention Steve Gerber, they fondly remember him. And they, everyone loves Steve Gerber. Okay.
1: Um, real quick, <laughs> except Disney. Except Disney. Yeah, except Disney. <laughs> real except quick. Disney. Um, for a real uh, fun fact, uh, John Cusack, Robin Williams, and Martin Short were auditioned for the part of Howard's voice. Mm. But they ended up settling on Chip Zine. Uh, I don't think he was really a newcomer. I think he did more. Yeah, he was a he was a voiceover guy. So they really settled on him instead of Robert. But can you imagine Robin Williams in this movie doing oh, that God. character? God. Actually, I, I think it probably would have worked except for the fact that Robin Williams ad-libbed a lot. Like mm-hmm. even in Aladdin, like they had yeah. to, they had to literally draw certain things because of what he was saying. Like, he, he literally did characters. They're like, wait, we didn't draw that. Okay, get your drawing, get your drawing. Like, so I'm, actually, that kind of probably would have been pretty dope. But,
2: well, yeah, and the other thing is, is that you have to remember this was one of Tim Robbins' very first movies because they really didn't want him for the role, but they were like, no, give the kid a chance. They said he's got some talent. And of course, they were right. But it, it, you just, you had a few people in here who went on to bigger Holly Robinson Peach.
3: It was her first Se- movie, too, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. Liz yeah.
2: Segal. And, and, they, and, and they
3: all sang her, Leah yes. Thompson, and um yes. Leah Segal.
1: Oh, they right. all sang. Yes. Yeah, Dominique Devalos.
2: Yes. Yeah. And and the thing with Liz gall uh, of course, she's Katie gall's sister, their twin sisters are the Doublemint twins. Yeah, they had a show.
3: The they had a show
1: too.
2: Yes, they did. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: and also the that final concert theme was shot. At the Warfield in South in San Francisco, mm-hmm. in front mm-hmm. in front of a live audience, and that I thought that was cool just to shoot it like you know, in, 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 just shoot it live like that. It's just kind of like where, um, oh, and fun fact: the guy that the guy that played Howard was also the little man that was with John Goodman in "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou"? That was him.
2: Oh, Ed Gale.
1: Yeah, Ed Gale. Okay.
0: He,
1: oh, he, was, he was also the he was also a, a Chucky double in the original Child's Play. oh Okay. Oh,
2: that makes me happy.
1: <laughs> also, the oh. theme the theme song, the Howard the Duck song, was written by Thomas Dolby and George Clinton. This so is there is some funk in there. This is true. There's <laughs> a little P funk in this title. So.
2: And what was the girl that helped write some of the Annette something was her name? I think it was. Uh, she shoot. she she helped with the alternative, because there's two soundtracks. There's the right. original, there's the, the alternative soundtrack. She did more on the second soundtrack. Yes, guys, I know way more than I need to about Howard ducks. Duck.
1: <laughs> See, I'm so, this makes me happy. I'm glad, I'm glad somebody's on my side. Okay, so I can say since I love this movie, you, you always with people, with things you love, you always have to be able to re- get with the things that you don't like about them. So I can get with the fact the fact that Howard was I think that the character Howard was a little was a little the original Howard was was a thinner duck and they made this one a little bit of a bigger duck to pro- probably just to make him kind of cartoonish but I, I I you wouldn't unless you read the comics you probably wouldn't you probably wouldn't have been like oh my god he's too fat what the hell but I I still actually liked him the real the Howard Duck in the cart in the comics was more like the one at the in the mid the mid credit scene of Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and the one and the one that was in the endgame
3: game in the end game scene. That's mm-hmm. the one. That's the one that's more like the more like the cartoon one, um, M- more like Donald Duck, which more like Donald Duck. Yes, Disney so. took offense to. <laughs>
1: yeah, but it's, but no Disney will be okay. Um, and I get, and I'm, you know, I'm still. I like. I really wish Jeffrey Jones made better life choices, just like, just like Stephen Collins of Seventh Heaven. I'm like, like just make better, just be better, because I really like Jeffrey Jones from this movie, from, from Mom and Dad Save the World to Stay Tuned Ferris. to, to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, th- he was one of my favorite character actors until he decided to be a fucking Predator.
0: Okay. See, See I, had, I didn't even know, know about, 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 that, about that, that until you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah I who, didn't who are
1: you talking about? Professor I don't, I don't even know who
3: you're talking about.
0: Professor Jennings.
3: Oh, he was okay.
1: the principal in in Fort Fair schools of day off. He was yeah, stay yeah. tuned. Yep. He was one. Okay. He was one of my favorite character actors. Like he was really good. But like 2004, he got caught with like those uh, uh, like uh, pictures of a naked 14 year old. It was earlier
0: than that. Looks uh, like 2002 was when he went to trial. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah. Uh, yeah so
3: one one of work. my other one of my favorite character actors was the detective who you know I I was like oh he was yeah. a guy from CSI mm-hmm. and yeah. he's great. He's just because he's so over the top and and like so really good at not doing his job. Like, why are you arresting Tim Robbins? Why are you arresting these people? They had nothing to do. They weren't even there when the explosion happened. So, what, what are you doing? Oh, my God. We're going to put a bolo out on a duck. On a duck. <laughs> talking duck.
1: Oh, my God.
3: Yes, that was awesome. But, you know, I I I I was gonna give you grief about the movie, but when you when you really step back and it, it's for what it is, is fairly entertaining, and there's a lot of there's a lot of value in the movie, like Howard's characterization and the snark and and just the the idea that you would take you know something from the comic book and turn it into a movie is pretty. I mean, it's it's. It it was ahead of its time, and I don't think a movie like this would get made in the exact same way today at all. (laughs) all. Um, It it has some value in it. It's just it wasn't hard to watch. I mean, there are plenty of movies that I've never finished because they were just terrible. But this movie, you could sit there and you could, I could watch it and be entertained by it it was just some of it was just over the top and just like wow this all i can say was wow i think i said it every 10 minutes like yeah wow. they, they really they really put that on
1: screen and mm-hmm. they got away with it
3: and the movie was I think
1: george george lucas had 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 pic- naked pictures of somebody who was on the who was on the board whoever whoever made ratings like because this should there were they had there were definitely PG 13 movies out at this time and I just don't see how
3: it's, this- it's as if it's as if they had wow. like the rules from the MPA and they said this is not in the rules. <laughs> <laughs> you know oh, and, and, and that's and not in the what? rules. They they yeah. you know what these are naked animals. So yeah. it doesn't count. <laughs> but,
0: well, you <laughs> know, yeah. really weird to look at.
2: Well, you have to, you have to understand 1986 was the beginning of, we would shortly thereafter, if not at the same time, get, you know, people like Chipper Gore who got in everyone's business for no damn reason. I right. mean, you know, it was, it right. was that error. I mean, if you look at the movies that they made, I mean, Footloose, I mean, you Purple Rain, uh, you, you look at Ferris Bueller's Day, oh, all of these movies, uh, Johnny, uh, the, 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 the one with the car with the two Corys uh All of these movies, they all follow the same type of formula where you had the half-naked women, half-naked girls. You had the snarkiness. You had the jokes. You had the really cool clothes. You had the car. And you had the thing. So this was literally a typical mid-80s movie. And it was perfect from beginning to end if you like and follow 80s movies. It hit this beat. That beat, all the way, da 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 Was it a perfect film? No. Is it a great film? Eh, but it is the greatest, worst movie of the 80s ever made, and I love the thing.
1: (laughs) As a point of reference, the Christopher Reeves Superman, Superman, the trilogy, because I don't count the fourth one. The fourth one was just Mm. unmitigated garbage. The first one was in 78, the second one was in 1980, and the third one was in 1983, they weren't even really thinking about doing a Batman movie until 89, which is when they did the Nick, the Nicholson Michael Keaton one.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So this movie came and that came right in between there where DC had the chance to have a stranglehold on the superhero movie genre. They could have had it. They, this was their champ because Christopher Reeves was, was still arguably the best characterization of superman and clark kent at the same time he's arguably was just outstanding and he did a really really good job at it so they if they could if they would have come out with a good batman movie in that scene if they would have done they would have come up with justice league like if they would have done mcu things like set up the justice league then with all this with that superman then marvel wouldn't have stood a chance
3: no, yeah. but uh, I mean, they would well, they, they would have killed the game
1: with that. I well, think. this this is
3: outside what we're talking about, but they killed they shot themselves in the foot with Superman four.
1: Yeah,
3: and I know you don't want to count that, but they came out like right after Howard the Duck, and that that crushed DC. Yeah, too bad, sir. Howard wins. <laughs> Howard, uh, world
0: Superman,
3: world. Superman right. four was was absolute garbage, yeah. and the studios were looking around like nah that's okay and yeah. and the failure of howard the duck unfortunately probably killed the idea of trying to turn comic books into movies too because I like agree. you see you didn't get then when they did the um the fantastic four movie mm-hmm. that was garbage mm-hmm. that that didn't help until blade and when blade came out that was the, everyone was like oh okay it, it, it can have some success, even though I would say the success of that movie was more dependent on Wesley Snipes, Wesley
2: Snipes yeah. than
3: it was on it being Blade, But, it, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. Howard, did that kind of open up that realm of possibility? Of the, weird is, the weird thing is, is, like,
1: the Fantastic Four movie, the, the 1994 one, was, it's like, I don't even, I have to be honest, I don't even remember this movie. Like it had, it had no real stars in it. Like Alex Hyde White played Dr. Reed Richards, Jay Underwood played Johnny Storm, Rebecca Stab played Susan Storm, Michael Bailey Smith played Ben Grimm, Joseph Colt played Dr. Doom. Like, Ooh, huh? What? That's my point. That's my exact exactly. That's my point. So you're looking at and other than Dolph's Punisher, which came out in 1989. There, there, I mean, there were really no redeeming... I, that Like, that movie, Howard, which which I still love. Punisher was was fine. I mean, Captain America was straight to video, so that really wasn't anything. Fantastic Four really almost didn't exist. It was almost like... It's almost like a Mandela thing. Like, that, they actually made that movie? Like, I don't remember mm, that. Hanukkah's
3: yeah. been really quiet. I'm
1: just... <laughs> And then, but then it's like in 1998, they had Blade and from Blade on, you actually had good. You, that's where that's where Marvel really took hold. So
3: and I, if you think about it, I mean, if you think about a lot of there, there wasn't really any anthropomorphic movies where you had like an animal talking amongst humans as a main character. Right. That that wasn't a thing. So as far as that goes, that was sort of revolutionary in the adult genre, not something for kids, but Mm -hmm. an adult movie with an anthropomorphic Mm -hmm. duck walking around acting among people, humans, be a mainstream movie is is pretty revolutionary. And I can understand where George Lucas, where his mind was about, you know, this is gonna be fantastic this is gonna be great think about it marvel took iron man who was basically a b-level superhero at and me. and launched i mean at best a b-level and launched an entire you know anthology of movies yeah. that are like the cornerstone mm-hmm. of of these last two decades This is it's amazing but back then they tried the same thing with Howard the Duck, and it did, they didn't pull it off. But like I said, it, it was ahead of its time. I mean, they were thinking the right track; they just chose the wrong IP. You know. Well,
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here. I'm gonna back up two years. Let's take David Lynch's Dune. Okay, everyone knows I'm a huge Dune fanatic. You're lucky that for my birthday I didn't suggest we do the Dune movie. I suggested something else. I Ain't nobody got time for that? <laughs> Why to keep the peace? Because I was going to make you guys watch the miniseries. But anyway.
1: I would have watched it, but I would probably watch it. The
2: miniseries is just 18 hours long. You would have killed me. Anyway, what I'm going to say is this. During the, from 1983 to about 1987, 88-ish, they had a problem in Hollywood. The problem is, is that they had the success of Star Wars. You had the success of uh, the Indiana Jones movies and you had the success of the beginning of some of the horror films okay they didn't have a really hardcore science fiction slash fantasy slash comic book genre that they were trying to build so when David Lynch came out with Dune back in uh 84 it was not only way ahead of its time it was weird okay people didn't get it so fast forward a couple of years you had a couple of franchises here that try to kick off a couple of franchises there Outpost howard the duck howard the duck is unique enough they put enough money in it they have a name behind it so technically howard the duck should have been a bomb not a bomb but a bombshell hit it should have just been through the roof but we weren't blockbuster we weren't thank you we weren't quite ready because we were still in the back of our minds thinking about movies a la dune okay so i I submit this if howard the duck would have came out say 88 89 i think it would have done better at the box office i i give you that because i think that by we got to that time because remember i'm only a year younger than you by the time we got to 87 88 we were like okay we were beginning to get this whole, okay, we're bringing back Star Trek, the idea that's coming back. They're beginning to do some of this stuff here with this. There's They're beginning to show more the old uh, Battlestar Galactica stuff and reruns. We're beginning to get more comic book stuff. Because by then, they had given us the uh, Thor Captain America Italy movie, right? And they had they teased oh. us with the, the things. So you see, all those were yeah. beginning to trickle, which led to the 98 Blade. So if Howard Duck would have debuted just two years later, it would have been more of a classic to a lot more people.
1: I can see that, yeah. Um, Just for anthropomorphic anthropomorphic reference points, um, the Muppet movie came out in 1979. The Great Muppet Caper came out in 1981. The Dark Mm -hmm. Crystal came out in 1982. The Muppets Take Manhattan came out in 1984. Labyrinth came out in 1986. Now, Labyrinth is Mm. one movie that I think was was one of the only contemporaries that you can kind of compare to Howard the Duck, just because of the level of the the level of, of effects that they used in it. What yeah. About so. Dark Crystal? But
3: thing, yeah, but those things are all like I said; those are all you could probably make argument about Dark Crystal. With all those are all considered like children. You know, hmm. kid type oh, movies. Well, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm, and,
1: what, I'm, what I'm saying is that 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 you know they're put they're using the use of puppetry and animatronics. Right,
3: Oh the, right. well, yeah,
1: yeah. It there. Like it, it, it was kind of already there, but I think that this movie it, it's more it's more so it's more so the 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 story than the effects for me. I think that. Yeah, that is The the subject matter really kind of hindered it just because it's Howard the Duck. And Howard the Duck is not one of the... It's a strange choice for Marvel to do his first feature film with that comic. They didn't choose any other comics because they had TV shows with the Hulk and Spider-Man. Well,
3: Already, arguably, arguably, and- Marvel really didn't have much to do with it. They just gave them the IP. It, wasn't, it was like it is now or even when when Blade was in, they weren't as involved with the production of that movie as they would mm-hmm. be now you know what I mean like oh, yeah, they, yeah. they they were in that during the 80s Marvel was strictly a comic book thing they were just letting people use their IP they didn't have they were the ones pushing this yeah. movie being made this, right, right. this was something that you know George Lucas wanted to do and he just and, got the okay. IP from them and, and
2: we had ALF and the, the thing is either you liked ALF or you didn't and that could also play a big factor into it, too. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm still. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hanako was awesome. We, I
2: was Hanako. awesome. I
0: was, no, I agree. Alf was
2: awesome. Alf I Alf was, Alf.
0: Alf was was Alf awesome Alf. Was he wasn't trying to sleep with any of the humans. <laughs> <So>.
3: <laughs> and, and he was also as snarky as you could get. Yes. Oh, God,
0: I used really. to love Alf.
3: But oh, Hanako, wait, what were you, wait, we cut Hanako off. Hanako, what were you going to say earlier? I'm really. Hanako's been really quiet. I want,
0: I don't, I don't even remember even sure. I, I I think no I think when Michael was talking about the different the different movies coming out like I really didn't start all of the earlier versions of the superhero movies that he was talking about aside from Batman and I think maybe the second one and possibly the third one back then the, the Keaton ones I wasn't really into them back then just because of where I wasn't where I was in school and things I had going on like I wasn't there was a period of time like for years where I didn't really watch TV and I wasn't really into the nerdy stuff as I am now. Um, I think Blade was kind of as far as superhero movies that was kind of where I picked it back up and kind of got back on that train like oh okay you know getting into the superhero and the action movies again it was right around that time but before then it's like None of those were on my radar, like the Captain America that you just spoke about, the earlier Fantastic Four. I, not on my radar at all. Like, so that that's all I was gonna say. It was just th- this movie was just like no, good me.
1: Huh? That's fair. That's 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 hundred percent fair. But then,
3: and, and and see, like for me, I'm I'm a little younger than y'all, <laughs> just a little bit. For for me, those that time period like labyrinth and dark crystal and dune um the never-ending story crow all all those things were things that were in my wheelhouse but then you know seeing howard the duck like i think i remember seeing the previews and i just wasn't interested and at some point during the 90s i think i remember starting to watch it because maybe someone else told me it was a good movie and I think I went to a Blockbuster and rented it or whatever and and with my dad or something and I remember I don't know if he turned it off but somehow when he, when he, when he had, and Leah I had to turn when, my back when he and Leah were in the bed before they came in I think that was the I think that's where my memory ends like i think maybe he got up and like stopped it and was like no you're not going to watch this <laughs> yes.
2: i had I, I had to stand up I, and turn my back i had to face the wall right when I was and listening, seeing Ron. Yes, and, and, and <laughs> just now listening
3: to michael talk about it i realized i think that's what happened i'm almost certain that he was like no you
1: you know we're not going to watch this because <laughs> Wait, but he, but he was the playboy with her with her t- with her duck
3: titties hanging out the- to, to be honest with you i i don't think so but he let it go as far as he did until that point it was like no we're not gonna we're not gonna do at that it.
0: point I think my I think my dad probably watched the movie which is funny because my dad's name was Howard too but at that at the age that I was then yeah that was something even if my dad would have been like okay you can watch it my mom would have absolutely been like no my mother was very strict when I was younger like there were There were a lot of things that I could not watch, anything that was even remotely salacious or had any kind of, anything that wasn't like strictly, strictly PG, I I couldn't watch. Like there are still some things that from that time that I have not watched to this day just because I never got a chance to watch it when I was a kid. And I'm just kind of to the point where I was just like, it's just not on my radar. But Howard the Duck is one of those that, yeah, my dad probably would have seen
3: that first one, and be like, no, 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 you don't yeah. need to watch. And it was like my dad was was strict or anything because you know he let me see a lot of stuff, mm. and but I, I don't know, it, it's something about about <laughs> something and, about
0: and furry naked an duck
3: animal an <laughs> animal with a human. I think he just uh, I, he he would be the type of person that would just say like, this is. That that was just too far for him. Yeah, you know that that would be well, something. No bestiality for off. you. No no bestiality for. No. Well well, I think he as someone He lived... wouldn't have had a problem with with he was as as he would always call it titties and ass. He wouldn't have had a problem with that. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think as he's he a yeah. As someone who
2: lives someone who lives near San Francisco, and there is a certain population in San Francisco that does that on a regular which is just weird and my grandfather being the head deacon of our church I had to stand up and turn my back and face the wall until certain scenes ended he wouldn't turn it off but it was like you couldn't watch it but his thing was that because my parents were older I was raised by my grandparents they couldn't distinguish what was actually raunchy or what was iffy for instance when I was in the 80s growing up I had every single heavy metal album known to mankind, but when I asked for a Tiffany or a Debbie Gibson album, no, that's Satan's work.
0: Excuse
1: me? Do I call, don't, don't get right. my I started on <laughs> Debbie Gibson, don't get- I do <laughs> like Debbie Gibson like that. I refuse yeah. to have her oh, name, but it, but,
2: but, no, but, but that was the way he was. So well, my, my point is that when I first saw Howard the Duck, I believe, because I was 14 at the time, I believe that I didn't see it until about two years later, Of course of, you know, because two years would be, okay, kids, back in the day when a movie was in a the movie theater, you had to wait to see the movie two ways. You had to wait for it to come out two and a half to three years on NBC, ABC, or CBS, or you had to go to this mythical thing called Blockbuster or Family Video if you're from the Midwest, and you had your little card, and you walked up, and you had to make sure that no one from your school saw you, and you had to ask for a PG movie. If your parents signed for an R movie, they would give it to you, you come back and you'd watch it. OK, so,
1: that's, so that's, I did. not after you, after you go back and try to go through the be the curtains at the X-ray section. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> if you grew up in a small town, everybody knows who you are. But see, here's the thing. When I did see it, I think I was about 16 and a half, maybe almost 17. And when I saw it, I was with my best friend and we were watching it and we were just laughing hysterically because her mom and my mom used to just run around you know, town doing whatever. So when we weren't with our grandparents, our moms basically let us do whatever the heck we wanted. Luckily, we were nerds and didn't get in trouble. But we would spend a lot of time watching movies that we really shouldn't have watched. So, so we spent a lot of weekends just watching totally inappropriate stuff. Eddie Murphy, you know, all the stuff. But the thing is, is that when I did see it, I didn't think it was horrible. I didn't think it was salacious. I did think it was raunchy. But it wasn't to the point where I wasn't, uh, I didn't turn it off because by that time, Weekend at Bernie's had come out and I was way more fascinated with them carrying around a dead body. And then they now a sequel. So that's where my head was at. Awesome. Oh, I love Weekend at Bernie's. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> also, also as a... I'm as <laughs>
2: that old, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the point is was about, about how it is It was Ghostbusters, the original movie in 1984. Was
2: really oh, great. my God. So Sigour- Gorny Waver? Oh, my oh God. God. Oh, my God. That is like... like the, oh, part, and, and the, and and the stuff Ackroyd, with Annie Potts, too. The
1: part where Dan Aykroyd was dreaming and there was a ghost above him yep. and the ghost unzipped his pants. That was in a piece yep. of so
2: yep, that's lot. right. It was I, yes. You're absolutely right. Yes, it was.
1: A, there was a yeah.
2: They got they basically if it was from eighty three to eighty seven, they got away with murder with the PG. Lot.
1: Like most most of the um it, all the Indiana Jones were PG too. So, there were, there oh was, yeah yeah. In in the in the second one in the temple of, temple of doom where he had to he had to push that push the statue back and he had to put put his hands on the statue's titties.
2: Right yeah.
1: Like, yep. I, I saw that in the theater. I actually kind of turned my head a little bit because I was like, "Oh, should I be watching this?" Like, uh... yeah.
2: And in *Romancing the Stone*, when they when they went down the waterfall and he landed and they white, right between, between her legs, legs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they got away with murder PG in the eighties. They got
1: yeah,
2: all right, PG. PG. everything. Yeah. Um. And by the way, we're old enough. We saw them in the theater.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Full technicolor, technicolor baby. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes, I can proudly say that I saw Footloose the first weekend it came out.
1: Yeah, I saw the I saw the Wiz in movie theater in the movie theater too.
2: Okay, That's I was it. still in kindergarten. I'm sorry. Uh,
1: but, okay. So anyway, back to my <laughs> so so in closing, I I love Howard the Duck. This is this is my one of my favorite movies. I can I, I'm still able to watch it anytime I can anytime I get a chance to when it comes on. Um, I still contend and I'm going to continue to die on the hill that Howard the Duck waddled so the Marvel Universe could fly. This is it being it being the first Marvel movie and it and the way it would love it or hate it. It was still a comic, still a movie based off a comic book. It still did well enough for them to be like, there could be something here. Let's try it with another comic book. Then that's that's when they started once they once they started messing with it and finding a formula. And to Anthony's point, when they when they saw saw that oh man, we really need to get a better handle on what how it's being written and what the script is. So then they took over the like which movies came out and what and what movies like and what they said. So Howard the Duck is also responsible for Marvel take Marvel. Being, becoming more involved in the movies that are coming out too. So Howard the Duck waffled so the Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe could fly. And I'll die on that hill. And this is still my favorite movie. And Thomas Dolby is a musical genius who doesn't get the flowers that he deserves. So shout out to Thomas Dolby for creating an outstanding soundtrack. Shout out to Leah Thompson for having an, a wholly underrated 80s pop singing voice. And Holly Robinson Pete. And and Missigal and Miss Davalos. That was in, Cherry Bomb was a very was a highly underrated eighties punk band, eighties new, new, new wave punk band, and uh, and I might I might die on that hill too, but I am I I love this movie. This is my nerd thing, and I thank you for coming to my fifth to my fiftieth birthday TED talk.
0: <laughs> and on that note, I think we can end that here. You can find us online at fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom hybrid You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and other major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.